Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. All right. All right. So we should now be reconnected and on the air. And uh, you're reconnected. All right, babe. Are you coming through loud and clear? You're coming in loud and clear. All right. Okay. Very clean, very clear. That's what we wanted. Um, perseverance. Got to have perseverance. And we didn't get into, I think, maybe on the Richter scale of frustration levels, about one tenth of a percent. And besides that, we're doing good. What's that, babe? Uh, No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I could bring this a little closer and all that, but that messed up the cameras and blah, blah, blah. No, no. It's doable. Okay, so there you are, babe. I hear you loud and clear. But we have this, the word. All right. For those of you who endured with me, God bless you. All right. So Danielle, you're gonna to have to zip by. Let me just show. Let me just show. Uh, come here, Athena Grace. 
Let me let me show you. Want to say hi to everybody? Want to say hi? Come here. Oh! So this is my look at there you are. This is my little granddaughter Athena Grace, and she and her mama Danielle uh, just came from San Diego, and I went to pick them up. And don't you think this is kingdom business? Yes. So I flew on Allegiant, by the way, if anybody travels, $87. And Danielle's sitting there, okay, 87 bucks for a one-way flight. And then Danielle and Athena and I drove back. Okay, so Athena, say hi to everybody. Say wave. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi. You doing good? Hi. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 That's it. All right. My right side, give kisses. Awa, arrivederci. Wa. That's it. And you want to say anything? Yeah. Okay. What do you want to say? Yeah, babe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's see. We still haven't figured this out. So. All right, Sean Hobeck says good morning to Danielle and Athena. And um, still not there. That's so strange. We're okay? <laughs> All right, so, so I told you that I was going for some kingdom business. And sincerely, now that everybody's outside, my daughter and my granddaughter are definitely kingdom business. And I believe God has them here for a reason. And I believe it's a really good reason, a sound reason. And so I'm happy to have them. And they'll be with us for a couple of weeks. And if things go way south, then they'll be with us for three and a half years. We'll see. Time will tell. Anyways, having said that, um, I have been studying in my heart, in my mind, and I titled something last night called the... um, Blasphemy and the Beast, and you all remember the little cartoon movie Beauty and the Beast, and so Beauty and the Beast was a was a, a little film that everybody's probably heard of or seen probably at least once in their lifetime, and I was thinking in my spirit about blasphemy and the beast because we know according to scripture that the beast is full of blasphemy. So I really wanted to be investigative and find out what is this really all about? What is this? blasphemy. And how do we identify the beast in the last days? How do we really get behind the scenes and understand what this is? See, our sister Sarah Hartman, I pass her Vince. Blessings to you and technology is great when it works. No need for apologies. We've all been there. I can hear you loud and clear on YouTube. Big hugs, Athena is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, they are. And anyways, I'm going to preserve that. All right, free up space. All right, so what we're wanting to just um, get into a dialogue about the the beast and the blasphemy that is associated with it and what that really means and how that all really connects. And so I want to thank you for, again, enduring with us and persevering with us. Um, and I think you're going to understand, at least I, it appears to me that uh, this is probably very, very good information and good insight 
for people that want to understand the world that we live in through a, an, a biblical understanding. So uh, when it comes to the blasphemy that, associate, that is associated with the beast, um, one of the first things I wanted to look at, obviously, well, what is blasphemy? And let's go to, uh, real quick, I want to read out of Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13. We're just going to dive into this. Maybe we could revisit it on Tuesday. So Revelation chapter 13, here's what we read in verse 1. I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast. All right, so what I want to do, just I'm catching up with things here. So I saw a beast. And what I want to do is put that in there. Saw a beast. And again, we, we learn through studying, right? And so what I'd like to do now is take this and, all right. I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns, ten crowns, and here's the mystery, and upon his heads, the name, the name of blasphemy. All right, so stop and consider for just a moment this beast, and we're just going to kind of isolate a few of the, 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 the passages, the words here. We'll isolate them, and then we'll, we'll peer into them. So a beast has seven heads, and then upon his heads, upon the seven heads, the name singular, the name of blasphemy. So the first thing we need to understand is what the word name means, okay? And it's the anoma, the anoma. This is very important for where we're going today. And the word anoma literally in the Greek speaks of authority, character. That's your definition, Authority and character. So blasphemy speaks of a character of an individual or something and the authority in which it carries. So the beast character or authority is that which opposes God. And we'll see that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So for just a moment, let's kind of just see this idea. I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast, okay? He had seven heads. I'm just isolating this part of it. He had seven heads, and upon his heads, the name, the authority, and the character of blasphemy. So he had the name, and the word name is authority and character of blasphemy. Now, what is blasphemy? Blasphemy is anything that opposes God's authority and is contrary to God's character or nature, okay? It's, so anything that opposes the character and authority of God. So the beast will oppose everything that is called God. Now, where do we get that? In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'll just read it very quickly. And it says in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself 
above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So what we know about the beast is that he will embody a character, a nature, contrary to the character and nature of God. He also will carry an authority. He will have authority, and his authority will oppose the authority of God. All right, so just we're laying a little bit of foundation here. I want to give you a a few examples before I get into the definitions, okay? So here's an example of blasphemy. Sodom and Gomorrah, for example, was blasphemous in their character. So their character completely opposed the character of God as they promoted by their authority a society of rebellion against God. So the authority in Sodom and Gomorrah was opposed to God's authority for what human beings or humanity ought to be. And the authority promoted rebellion against God. We're talking about blasphemy. We're going to be incorporating these different truths into the meaning, okay? So Sodom and Gomorrah, obviously the nature of Sodom and Gomorrah, the character of the people in Sodom and Gomorrah, were uh, established or formed by the authority which promotes laws, okay, the authority that is against God, and that authority of the Antichrist promoted rebellion in the people that shaped their character or shaped their nature further towards the beast likeness, okay, and we'll see in just a moment how this works. So another example of blasphemy in the days of Noah The world's character was so spoiled and rotten that God flooded the whole earth. The authority in those days was contrary and rebellious to God's authority. So you go back to the days of Noah. You look at the world of that time. There was a different authority in operation. It was not the authority of God's word. There was a different nature, a different character that was so bad that God said, I I regret that I've ever made man. Okay, and so the nature and character of the world at that time was grotesque, spoiled, rotten. And then the rebellion against God because of that antichrist authority that was teaching uh, things that were contrary to God is actually what shaped the human race. And there's a lot to say about that. A third example in the days of destruction against Israel, whether it was in Solomon's time or any other time when God led the armies of the enemy to destroy uh, you know, Jerusalem, the temple, scatter the Israeli people, it was always due to their rebellion, the Israeli people's rebellion, and the contrary authority that affected their character, the worship of other gods, the putting down of the laws of God, which was opposed to God's nature. All right, so what are we saying here? Blasphemy is opposition to God's authority, nature, and character. That's what it is. So the beast promotes, okay, through his own authority, that is that work in the world, and through his own nature and character, he promotes rebellion in the creation against God. So literally, the, the heads of the beast are designed to separate the creation from the creator. This is blasphemy. Blasphemy. If we look at the definition of the word blasphemy in the Greek, 
It is simply something that is slander. Um, it is something that is injurious, all right? Uh, injurious speech, reproachful speech. Uh, it talks about vilification, evil speaking, railing, all right? This is all the definition of blasphemy in Revelation 13. Um, the deeper root of that word is scurrilous, calumnious, uh, impious against God, against God. And that's the definition you really want to look at when it comes to blasphemy. So let's simplify this. Blasphemy is anything that is against God, his nature, his character, his law, okay? And this is blasphemy. So God's word is the highest law in the created universe of everything. God's word is law. So anything that opposes or is against that law of God's word is blasphemy. Okay? Because whether you're sitting there with two horns and a dragon's tail and a pitchfork screaming and yelling, or whether you're dressed like a lamb but you have a, a, a dragon's heart, so to speak. In other words, there are a lot of people that say nice fluffy things, but they're still their ways are contrary to the ways of God. Their thoughts are contrary to the thoughts of God. Their actions are contrary to the actions of God, their behavior, their conduct, okay? Any form of rebellion, whether it's out loud or subtle, is blasphemy. And that's why you and I, as Christians today, who follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth, literally means we're following his instruction. We're following his laws. We're following his ways. We're doing things his way in a humiliation and in a contrition, all right? So how does this work? And I, I know I got so out of whack because we started, what, 30 minutes late? That's not fair. All right, so let's talk about seven heads. Now, in my upbringing and studying the book of Revelation, I like the Bible to interpret itself. So I believed, and, and I, I learned this in, in over the years, that the seven heads represented the seven ancient empires of the world. And I went back to Egypt, number one. I went back to the uh, Assyria, number two. I went back to the uh, nation of Babylon. So you had Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, three. Then you had the Medo-Persian Empire, number four. Then you had the Grecian Empire, number five. Then you had the Roman Empire, number six. And then in Revelation 17, it says the seventh has not yet come, but when he comes, he will rule for a short space. So we know that the sixth empire was Rome. The seventh could have been the Ottoman Empire or could have been the United States, could have been the United Nations. Well, whatever it is, the seventh reigns for a short period of time. America is the youngest nation on the face of the earth right now, embracing one of the heads of blasphemy. Because in America right now, we are opposing God. We're rebelling against God. Uh, we are just totally, absolutely a nation that is advocating its own laws, its own ways, doing its own thing, promoting what is evil in the ancient empires, everything they used to do, we do. All right, so could it be America for a short space? Could be. And then who is the eighth? He's made up of the seven, which means to me the United Nations. That's how I've always thought about things. But I also want to uh, bring a different idea, and this is by no means 
uh, an exhaustive list, but I was thinking about the seven heads that control the world today from a different perspective. For example, today's blasphemy, number one, I would say perhaps number one, a head would be corporations. And do you know corporations, that's where you're talking about money, money. You're talking about business. And through all the different corporations of the world, depending on how they use their power, their money, their resources, their business, and what we're witnessing in the world today, from Coca-Cola to Pepsi to every other corporation except maybe a remaining few, the majority of the corporations, whether it's AT&T, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, whatever, that is promoting you through their business, through their corporation, through their money power, okay, these corporations are promoting laws that are against God. They're promoting rebellion. They are blaspheming God. Most of the corporations in the world today, uh, even Disney as a corporation, right? So the next thing on the list, so number one, corporation is ahead. Number two, governments. And governments that oppose God's laws by promoting their own laws, i.e. the promotion of abortion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the homosexual agenda, men marry men, all of these laws that were promoted by the Supreme Court of the United States, you've heard me say it a hundred times, this was blasphemy. Corporations that use their money and their power and their business uh, to oppose God is blasphemy. Governments that oppose God is blasphemy. Next, the entertainment. The third head on this beast is entertainment. Entertainment is talking, you're talking about Hollywood, we're talking about movies, sports, music, all the different entertainment industries in the world today that are opposed to God's nature, God's character, and God's word, God's ways, God's will is blasphemy. We see a lot of blasphemy today coming out of the entertainment industry. Head number three. The fourth head is education. This is from nursery school to university. We're talking about schooling, educating, and today you go to a university and they, they shape your mind. Education is all about the shaping and the forming of a soul, of a mind with education, with schooling. Well, today we know that it's opposed to God's education, God's reality, God's instruction, God's teaching. And so all the education system in the world is designed to oppose God's ways, the Bible. And so you have a fourth head of blasphemy. Number five, health. And here you're talking about the medical, diet, eating, uh, taking care of your body. You know, he who destroys the temple of God, God himself will destroy. Uh, God has a proposed diet in the Old Testament he gave to Israel. I think it's probably the best diet in the world. Not that it, it incorporates our salvation necessarily, but we know that God has a really good diet in the New Covenant. We're free, but you shouldn't be downloading, you know, 80, uh, you know, whatever. You don't want to take a bunch of Coca-Cola uh, Twinkies, Ding Dongs, Cupcakes, Pizza, you know, and all that stuff on a continual basis where you become obese and you get sick and all of that stuff, right? So health is huge because the beast that is opposing the miraculous working power of God, it's opposing the health that God desires to give. May you be in health even as your soul prospers. He wanted us to have prosperous health. So I saw number five head of the beast. Um, in, in this setting as, as a, a health. And then the sixth head is religion. 
Here you're talking about false spirituality, deception. I put down Islam, Judaism, apart from Jesus Christ, and all other philosophies of the world. So religion that is opposed to God, whether it's Buddhism, whether it's uh, Confucianism, whether it's Zen, whether it is uh, any other kind of uh, spiritual uh, advocation, new age, metaphysics, all of these science of mind, anything that promotes a spirituality that is contrary to the true spirit of God revealed in scripture. And there is no higher spirituality than the Holy Spirit that one can only receive through their faith in Jesus Christ. Okay. So we have religion as the sixth head, the seventh head technology. And this is opposed to miracles, having its own miracle signs and wonders. So technology today is a massive head of the beast. So I looked at these and I noted one thing, technology today, religion today, the health industry today, the education industry today, the entertainment industry today, the governmental industries today, corporate industries today, all are moving in the same direction against God. Blasphemy. And there are probably many more of those. But all of these are opposed to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. That's who we're talking about. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. So you have a world aligning these seven heads. And what are these seven heads doing? Through government, through corporation, through entertainment, through education, through the health. And health, by the way, is also a shift on your brain. If you eat really unhealthy food, it'll mess with your thinker. You know that. So you get into that religion and technology. So when you combine all these seven heads, what are they doing? They are teaching. They're instructing the nations of the earth. And we know in Revelation 13 that the nations of the earth worship the beast. And they say, who can make war against the beast? So uh, all of these are training and teaching and shaping the nations to receive the dragon, to worship the dragon, Satan, right? Now, they also oppose all of these. They don't only oppose God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, but they oppose family. They oppose life itself. They oppose morality. They oppose values and virtues and principles. They're out the window today. They oppose the truth. They oppose everything that is decent, good, and right from a moral character, from the divine nature of God. And let me, let me just say this. No man on earth ever had access to the divine nature until Jesus came. However, even Israel in its fallen human nature received God's law. And God's law that was put on the inside of them was the light that they had. And by keeping that law, they could have honored God. Well, even though they had a human nature. There's a lot of Christians today that are knowing the word of God, but they haven't dealt with the human nature yet. But only those who are born again have access to a divine nature. You cannot hum yourself into a divine nature. You cannot use all the methods of you know, spirituality to get the divine nature. All you could do is enhance what nature you already have, and though it be religious, it'll never be participant to the nature of God himself. But you and I, mankind, were originally created in the image and likeness of God, and when sin came, that image and likeness was lost, 
So we've all participated in the human fallen nature. And even in that condition, when God gave his law, at least we had that light. But now we have the light of the world, Jesus Christ, and his nature that can be given to us and put in us by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the Christian who has Christ and the Holy Spirit is living in a world of blasphemy. The whole world is turning against God, against Jesus, against the Holy Spirit, against morality, against family, against life, against values and principles, against truth. The whole world is going in that direction right now. And so, what is blasphemy? Blasphemy is a rebellious nature or character having false authority lined against God's nature and authority. All right? So God is, let's just put it this way, God is truth, he is light, he is wisdom, he is knowledge, he is absolute. His law is the highest law in the created universe. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 1, he holds together, everything is held together, the world is held together by the word of God. It's his law, his word is Torah, his word is instruction for life, it holds things together. Blasphemy is everything against God. When Cain, okay, when Adam and Mrs. Adam sinned against God because the serpent beguiled her, it was blasphemy. The serpent is blasphemy. He is contrary to God. He is his own authority. He is his own character. It's fallen, evil, wicked. So, Blasphemy, the serpent, beguiled the woman, and their sin was blasphemous. It was against God. That's why such a penalty. When Cain murdered Abel, it was blasphemy. Sin is crouching at the door. It is blasphemy. Everything against God is blasphemy. Think about that. It is in rebellion to God whether it's the human nature, whether it is the character of an individual. And what is that character and authority? That is the word name. So it's the authority and character that is against God. True meaning of blasphemy, against God. Authority against God. Nature against God. Character against God. Now, I'm getting to a point here. The beast has risen and gained a great ascendancy over the world and over the masses and is soon to appear in the embodiment of a world leader having complete authority over the world system. Now, when you stop and you, and you visualize what I'm saying to you, and, and not just hear with your hearing ear, but hear with your heart, You have to understand, dear Christian friend, that you are living in a world where blasphemy is coming into a greater power than ever before globally at the same time. Give you an example. My uh, daughter and I were uh, driving across country, and there was an article out of USA Today about how 
the the head of the NFL um, all of a sudden said that football is gay. And I actually uh, want to give you the the article because it'll blow your mind how the NFL has sided with the LGBTQ community. The LGBTQ community is in your food today. They've stolen God's rainbow. They've perverted it. You see, the, the rainbow of the LGBTQ community is blasphemy because it's against the meaning of God's rainbow. Okay, they're trying to tell God to have peace with their actions. All right, so you have blasphemy in operation and the whole world. I know, I know you're going to find this a little bit amazing. This is no longer a small issue. The whole world is being colored by the rainbow of the LGBTQ community, rebellion, authority, and character aligned against God. Now, it's happening everywhere. It's in the corporations are promoting this. The world is promoting this. Sports are promoting this. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And those who are protecting the LGBTQ in their political power and in their social media networks, and they oppose anybody that says anything against them, well, they are basically the guards of the LGBTQ community. But when you stand back from a biblical lens, you realize that whole movement, which is saturating the world right now through the corporations, let me say it again, through the government, which are promoting it, through entertainment, through education, through the health and medical field, even biological transformations of, of transgenderism, through even religion promotes it, technology promotes it. So the seven heads of the beast in that setting are all advocating and promoting, and you're living in it. It's all around you. And it, again, it's, it's growing with great power, with great power. So anything that is against God's ways, Laws, instructions, again, is blasphemy. Man's human, unregenerate nature is blasphemy against God's nature. Man's laws, contrary to God's laws, are blasphemy. Rebellion is the underlying reality of blasphemy. Who was Nimrod? His name, his name means rebellion. All right? What did he do? We're going to build a tower. We're going to bore into heaven. We're going to dethrone God. We are going to be God. Okay? This is blasphemy. And it's all rooted in rebellion. And it is promoted through the seven heads of today's global beast empire, which we just mentioned. Who are they again? It is the corporations, the governments, the entertainment industry, education, health, religion, and technology are all promoting rebellion against God. And let me tell you a further truth. The blasphemous spirit that is in the world today is working overtime day and night to eradicate, to erase from the soul of man, God. It is all around us. Is growing stronger every day. The beast is rising, possessing great power and authority, reshaping humanity 
through the seven heads, and some call this transhumanism, through mind control, artificial intelligence, which is amazing when you think about something being artificial compared to the true deal, and everything about the beast is artificial, okay? But it's all there. It's all working because if you exit the reality, you take on the artificial, okay? To the degree that there will be no restraint. No restraint. Sound familiar? When the restrainer is taken out of the way, what is the restraint? The law of God. The nature of God. So, let me read this one more time. It is all around us, everywhere we go. It's growing stronger every day. The movement is on the way. The beast is rising, possessing great power and authority. You're living in this. This is not make-believe. You just have to pay attention to what's coming out of Hollywood, what's going on in your governments, what's going on in politics, what's going on in social. You just got to pay attention to what the corporations are promoting. Okay? They are reshaping humanity through the seven heads that we talked about, mind control, and all these other things. Okay? The heart. Okay. The the restraint being God is when God's laws are removed from the heart and mind of man. When God's laws, when God's laws, God's nature, God's character, God's authority are removed from the heart and mind of man, he will be easy prey for the beast to devour. So what's happening? Through the seven heads of the beast, okay, in this setting that we're talking about today, there is a labor to eradicate God from the heart and mind. Once the heart and mind has been taken over by these corporations, these heads of the the beast, The human race becomes easy prey for the beast to devour because they're no longer resisting, because they no longer have God. They don't even have God's light, God's law. They've twisted everything into a perverse lie. So there's no truth in them. God is gone. God is a whimsical imagination. God is an image, an idol made up in the mind of man. However he wants to make God, he makes him. He's not the true God. So when God's laws are removed from the heart and mind of man, he will be easy prey for the beast to devour, consuming the soul into eternal misery. Think about it. If the devil can remove God, his laws, his instructions, his authority, his character in your life, you become prey to the beast to be devoured in eternal misery. That's where this is all going. That's what's happening. That's what's happening all over the world right now. The law to love God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know what the purpose of the law of God is? 
to protect us from blasphemy and the beast. Because if we love God, we're, we're, gonna, we're going to yield. We're going to, listen, there's only one way. I was asking the Lord this. How do we resist the beast? How do we resist what's going on in the world? This invasion, this pressure, this tribulation that's growing, the tribulation to take a vaccination, wear a mask, become tolerant, acceptable to things that God hates and condemns. How do we resist the education, the re-education and the mind control and the conditioning through everything in those seven heads that we just talked about? How do we resist? And here's the answer I came up with. The only way to resist and be saved through this time will be by submission, yielding, and obedience to God's name, his nature, his character, and his authority. Remember the name of the beasts, right? The name of blasphemy. The word name is authority and character. God's name is his nature, his character, his authority. When I know his name, I know his authority. When I know his name, I know his nature. When I know his name, I know his character. Not in my head, but in the intimacy of my heart. So the only way, the only way to escape what is coming on this earth is through submission, yielding, and obedience to God's laws, his name, his nature, his character, and authority. That's it. Now, loving God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength, I, I, I love him, therefore I submit. I love him, therefore I yield. I love him, therefore I obey. In loving God with every part of my being, it protects me from the conditioning going on in the world. I am protected by loving God and my neighbor as myself. I am protected by honoring, obeying, yielding, submitting to God. This is how it works. If I don't love God, I'm going to be self-centered, self-serving. I'm going to change God's ways to suit my own. I'm going to turn God's laws to suit my own desires. But you see, we can't do that if you're going to survive. There are multitudes of so-called professors of Christ that have turned God's word to accommodate their lustful desire for the things of the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's obvious. There are Christians everywhere that do not love God. They say they do, but they don't because they don't submit. They don't yield. They don't obey they don't honor his word by doing what it says to do. Okay? I'm not trying to foster a spirit of religion, rigidity, legalism at all. I'm just saying God's book of instructions, the Bible, and the Holy Spirit, when we read it, there are instructions everywhere. And if we love God, we'll do what it says to do. And we always begin with, for example, forgive everybody that has offended you. Why? Because God says if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. 
I don't want to show up before the throne room of God, having done a million works, casting out demons, but I never forgave someone or something, okay? Including myself. And here God said, I never knew you. I don't know you. You never forgave. So you have to forgive. Are there Christians today that have unforgiveness, bitter resentment in their heart? You bet. They're everywhere. They need deliverance, right? So be careful of that one. But there's a lot more instruction in the Word of God how to behave ourselves. You know, the way that there's so much instruction. And if we love God, we love his law, his instruction. Law means Torah instruction. Okay? We love the great physician to give us a prescription so that we can live. And that is what protects us from the blasphemy that is in the world. Now I want to tell you something supernatural that happened today. Supernatural. I was studying all of this, and I have more notes here. Um, but I, again, more supernatural stuff that just happened while I'm preparing this. But my brother Don sent me a text message this morning, and all it said was, the Lord gave me, and I haven't talked to him in a week, he said, the Lord gave me Isaiah chapter 52 this morning. That's all he said. And so when I'm done getting all my notes, as you can see, I got all my notes here, I got all my notes here, I got my notes here, I got notes, I got notes everywhere, right? And so as I'm doing this, I go and say, well, Isaiah 52. So I, I look at Isaiah 52, having never spoke a word to Don in a week, and I just got home last night from our journey uh, across country, bringing my daughter and granddaughter home for a, for a moment, and I'm, I'm, I'm perusing through Isaiah 52, just glancing at it, but then I, I come here. I want to just read it to you. This, now, Don has no idea what I'm preparing. I mean, I did put a title up there, Blasphemy and the Beast, but Don sends this. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. In church, you, we, we need to do this. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. You know, we are the holy city. We are the new Jerusalem. Our beautiful garments are Christ. Our strength is Christ. Put on, therefore, put on Christ, it says in Romans 13. Put on Christ. Put on the new man. The most beautiful, strengthened reality to us is Christ. So put him on. That's what it's saying. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. In other words, as the city of God, your temple, you don't let anything uncircumcised or unclean come into our temple. The things of this world, don't let it in. They are the agents that are designed to eradicate Christ from your soul to turn your theology and your thinking and deception, making you believe lies that aren't really there because they're not consistent with the word of God. So don't let anything unclean or uncircumcised in. Don't do it, right? That's what he's saying. Verse 2, shake yourself from the dust. Arise and sit down, the dust of that old human nature. Shake yourself from the dust of that old humanity. And do what? Arise and sit down, meaning arise from the dust of an old nature, sit down. We are seated in Christ at the right hand of God in heavenly places. Take your royal seat of authority. Sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bands of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. In other words, it is time for the ecclesia to loose themselves from the bands of wickedness that are in this world that blasphemy is sending forth to hook men 
to drag them into eternal perdition. Don't let it happen. Then it goes on in verse 3. For thus says the Lord, you have sold yourselves for nothing and you shall be redeemed without money. The redemption price is in the blood of Jesus. All of humanity has sold itself over to the devil, but we are bought with the blood of Jesus. Okay? Verse 4. This is not the supernatural yet. Here comes supernatural. Verse 4. For thus says the Lord God. My people went down aforetime into Egypt to sojourn there. The Assyrian oppressed them without cause. So all of humanity has gone down into the world, so to speak, and worship down there. Now, therefore, here it is. I, I couldn't believe this when I read this. Verse 5. Now, therefore, what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught? They that rule over them, Make them to howl, saith the Lord, and my name continually every day is blasphemed. Now, when I read that, I said, wait a second. God is now getting angry at the world and the devils that are ruling over his people. He's getting angry about it. And he says, what is this? They that rule over them, make them to howl, saith the Lord. And my name continually every day is blasphemed. I said, wow, Lord, you're really confirming your word today through Brother Don. And I'm not so sure Don was looking at verse 5 because there's a lot to say about blasphemy if you want to bring that point up. And therefore... It says in verse 6, here's a promise for you living in this world of blasphemy and the rising of the beast. Therefore, my people shall know my name, my authority, my character, my nature. My people will know my name. Depart from me, I never knew you as a people that said they knew but didn't know in nature, in character, and authority, in obedience, yielded submission, right? But my people shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am he that does speak. Behold, it is I. Hallelujah. Behold, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings, that publishes peace, that brings good tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigns. What is the good news? The good news right now in the midst of this reality of God's word being fulfilled about a beast, it's blasphemy, and blasphemes everything of God, is that you can overcome. You can know God's nature, his power, his authority, his character, when you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. God is not an egotist that says, love me because I need love. He said, love me and you'll be safe from the evil that is in this world. Love me. And blasphemy won't capture you. You've been captured. I'm redeeming you. I'm buying you back through the blood of my son. Are you caught in rebellion today against God? Do you find yourself living today contrary to God's word, God's nature, God's character, God's ways, God's instruction, God's laws? There's a way out. His name is Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is life. This rebellious beast of blasphemy is going to be destroyed very soon 
He's going to have three and a half years to put out there what he wants to. But ultimately, he will fail. Why allow the beast to prevail over your life? It's powerful. On Tuesday, I'll talk a lot more about it. But he doesn't have to prevail. I love this part. Depart ye, depart ye. Go ye out from thence. Touch no unclean thing. God's, this is the call. If you want to escape in this hour, touch no unclean thing. Go out. Depart. Go out from the world of blasphemy and the beast. Go out. Don't touch the unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. You are a vessel. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20, there are many vessels, okay, that you might be a vessel of honor, okay? So be clean, you that bear the vessels of the Lord. For you shall not go out with haste, nor go by flight, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your guard, your rear guard. So don't freak out. Don't get nervous and worried and anxious. Just come out. But God will go before you and lead you as the shepherd of your soul, as the bishop of your soul. He will guide you into a place of safety in these final days where blasphemy will not put its hooks in you and drag you into perdition. There is repentance available today for all. You may go to church. You may be a pastor of a church. And if yet you have been in rebellion against God, if you have been contrary to God's nature, God's word, God's law, God's instruction, God's character, God's authority, if you are in any way against him, you need to repent of blasphemy. So would I. But for those who love the Lord, follow the Lord. So repentance is available. Come out of that way of life. And then finally, I'm just going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. All right. Well, that's what I was wanting to get across today. I kind of did it by the grace of God. And let me just see uh, how we're doing here. So, yeah, sorry for the really, really um, slow start. We'll pick it up on Tuesday. And uh, just once again, good morning to all of our friends out there that were able to tune in um, to the broadcast. I'm seeing Kathy I need prayer for my body. It has to do, do with my gallbladder. Very painful. I'm trusting God. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now. Lord, we pray for Kathy Bruns in South Dakota for her gallbladder to be healed in Jesus' name. Whatever the root cause, whatever the deficiency is in that gallbladder, whatever the infection or problem is with it, we command it to be loosed in the name of Jesus and that the golden oil of God's healing power will touch that gallbladder in Jesus' name right now and be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Kathy Bruns. Amen. All right. So, Brenda Torville, good morning. And Carol Carey, good morning. Good morning to both of you as well. Uh, Joyce Young gave us a good morning. All right, Brenda Torville, good teaching. Thank you. Prayers for you, Kathy. You're getting lots of prayer, Kathy. We believe you're healed in Jesus' name. 
Uh, Phil Buswell, good morning. Praying for you, Kathy. All pain be gone in Jesus' name. Way to go. Shane Lewis, good morning. All right, so that's it for me today. That's it for us. We'll see you on Tuesday. Glad to be back. Have a great weekend. Remember, your liberty and your freedom is found in Jesus Christ. Blasphemy. The beast has its own freedom, its own liberty, contrary to God's. It's different. See you soon. Shalom.